Welcome everybody to the garage. This is TG Garage Talks and it's a podcast. I'm your co-host Luke and I'm your co-host Nick and I'm super excited that you guys have tuned in today. Yeah so first off thank you and second off we have an amazing episode ready for you um, which you're, you're listening to it right now. We actually got to sit down and talk to a friend of the training ground community. His name is Stephen Reddington. He's an actor on this incredible show on Fox called The Resident. And, uh, yeah, he just went for it. He sent it. He did. Um, we got a chance to kind of talk about how, you know, um, kind of following your dream and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, for myself and, you know, for a lot of people that are listening, maybe, like, you've had this big dream in your life or you have this big dream currently and, and you don't know how to follow it or you're afraid to follow it. And so... You know, you go for the practical thing. You go for the business degree like, like Steven did at first or, you you know, you need to become a doctor or a lawyer and you mm-hmm. have to do what's what's guaranteed and, and what's what, what, what you know is going to work out. Um, but I think sometimes when your heart is just called to something and, yeah. and, and, and you and you you feel like that this is what I this is what I need to do. This is what I was made for. Yeah. Um, then, then you have to do it. And yeah, that's a lot easier said than done. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's the, we we get to talk to Stephen, and something that he said is that like, my, since I'm living out my dream, life's not easier, by any means. It's just like it's more fulfilling. And so, what's really awesome about Stephen is that you know he had all these outside influences, trying to tell him where to go. He had, uh, I guess like. The American dream telling him he's got to make X amount of money. He had kind of his, maybe his parents doing kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he had the voice of fear telling him that this wouldn't work out. Yeah, it, it's kind of a familiar position that Luke and I are in. Um, we know we're, we're 22-year-old guys. Yeah. Um, we just I'm almost 22. Around. You're almost 22. I'm almost 23. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, we're like, you know, early 20-somethings. Um, we just finished this training ground thing and – you know, it's kind of the same shoes that we have with this podcast. You yeah. know, we, we felt like, oh, this is something that we can do or this is something we're really interested in. But it was hard and it's difficult currently to yeah. to know that to take the steps, to take the risk. Um, it's it's a risk to get on this microphone and talk to you guys. And, and, and we're, but we're doing it because we feel like, like we're called to do it. And yeah. we really wanted to have a conversation with someone who has has done that, who has had the dream and and left a secure position and took a risk and and just went after what was in his heart and mm-hmm. so um we're super excited we hope that you guys um get as much out of this conversation as we did for ourselves and we want to invite you into it yeah so without further ado um this is the training ground garage talks podcast episode two with steven reddington yep we're gonna call it dreaming and the risky business yeah, that's All right, so here we go, guys. 20 something
I want everybody to welcome Stephen Reddington. He's here with us right now. Unfortunately, he couldn't be um, in the studio or the garage, uh, but he's on the phone. Stephen, say what's up. What's up? What's up, everyone? Hey, Steve. What's going on, man? Not much. Just hanging out in Atlanta. It's nice and cold here, so I feel like I'm with you guys. There we go. There we go. Nice. Mm-hmm. I understand that you just woke up 30 minutes ago. Is that true? Don't, don't tell the audience that, man. Don't <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, just, yeah, I did. I did. That's good. That's good. I'm more so, of like a 10 a.m. riser, you know what I mean? Yeah. A bruncher. Oh, yeah, I'm that's a good sure. way to put that. You you wake up while brunch is happening. <laughs> right, that's it. Yes. <laughs> brunch is already cooked, and then <laughs> yeah. I just come in Somebody and eat it. Somebody just yeah. hands me a mimosa. Yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, you're an actor. Yeah, that's true. That's, that is true. That's, I, I don't know very many I actors. don't know very many actors. Uh-uh. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah honestly, when, uh, when I saw your picture in like the the tg house it's like you you're i don't even know how old you are probably like 24 you have a mm-hmm. knife in your mouth you're mm-hmm. you have, a, have a fish in your hand and lee told me hey that guy's an actor he, i remember that conversation yeah. and i got a little starstruck at <laughs> yeah. first <laughs> yeah but then uh, I got... you weren't like yeah right come on he's <laughs> got a face for radio no yeah, he, right. then he took us upstairs and showed us um an episode of your show which we'll get into later but we first... will nice yeah so cool. dude Tell us about how kind of that started. Like, have you have you always been acting? Like, like just start from childhood, man. What, what, sure, what sure. Um, well, it's funny. My parents got me into uh, print modeling. We lived in Chicago, and I was doing print modeling when I was 18 months old. So I was doing, like, a whole lot of, like, Oshkosh Bigosh type stuff, oh, you know, yeah. like Nintendo ads and all yeah. that. Um, like in, like, Kohl's living- magazines and whatnot? It, yeah, I don't know if Kohl's existed back then. I don't Sears. know, but uh, let's, let's Land's End. Let's Land's End. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I got some good Land's End stuff. But that's how I kind of got started. And yeah. then um, as I as I grew, um, when I was in fourth grade, my music teacher suggested that I audition for a high school musical, and I was totally down. I was like, let's do this. And uh, my mom, she's like, okay, yeah, I'll bring you to the audition. Um, I got the part. I ended up. Um, you know, working for three, four months with a bunch of high schoolers on this pretty massive production. I mean, it was right. a thousand, thousand people in the auditorium and I, wow. Big I'm like this nine year old, you know? And, um, and my mom asked me at that time, she was like, do you, she's like, are you enjoying this? And I said, mom, I love this. I was made for this. Wow. And you know, and, and and that was it. And then I became an actor. No, that's not how it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and I never looked and then, back. And I was a Disney Channel star. No, I think right, it was right, a much right. longer road than that, wasn't it? Yeah. No, I, I, I did a couple of plays while we lived in Chicago. Then we moved to Memphis. And I just kind of started phasing it out of my life, let's say. Um, you know, Memphis was a different kind of dynamic. I played a lot more sports. And um, even once I got into college, I just kind of thought, you got to you, you have to get a real job, right? Yeah, you got to right. get a 401k and a mortgage as soon as you graduate college and uh so i graduated with a finance degree okay. um where did you graduate from tennessee university, tennessee university. Of tennessee. okay cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got a finance degree started working in finance for um about six months full time uh, two a year and a half part-time six months full-time and moving from that part-time to full-time i realized this just isn't for me yeah mm-hmm. and um so at that point, I started praying about next steps and where you know where to. And I acting was so far from my radar; it wasn't even a thing. Hmm. Um, and that's when I came across Training Ground. 
and I ended up quitting my job, moving out to Colorado, doing the program, then um, working in the program, uh, within the program as an intern and also as an assistant director of the program. Okay, there we go. And, uh, you know, so I kind of tried that corporate America thing, and then now here I'm doing the ministry nonprofit thing. Both of the things that I thought, like, you're supposed to do, yeah. right? So, like, you know, one from making tons, like, a lot of money to absolutely no money. No money, money, yeah. Raising money, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Raising money, yeah. But, like, you know, as a as an adult, you feel like you got to do this one thing. And as, as a Christian, you feel like you have to do this uh, this mm-hmm. other thing, mm-hmm. like work for a ministry, you know. Um, but neither of those really felt like home for me. And so I just started praying about and considering, like, all right, if I've if I'm at square one, you know, and uh, just some things started coming up in my life. I ended up um, a friend of mine asked me to sing in his wedding. I hadn't sang publicly in you know six or seven years. Mm. I eventually agreed to it. I did it, and I was like, man, I gotta have this as a part of my life performing. Um, but I didn't know whether it was enough to just do like community theater or whether I had to really go for it. Right. And at that point, I just thought to myself. If I never try, I'm always going to wonder. And I don't want to be 85 years old on my deathbed going, what would have happened if I would have just given it a shot? Right. Yeah. Right. What could have been? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or at least so, like, um, somebody give me a mic so I can sing now. That I'm dying. Right. <laughs> Pass the yeah, mic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pass the mic. <laughs> and so, um, and so you, you ended up singing. Mm-hmm. I did it. Yeah. Wow. What was it, it like? Was, what was it like? Oh, uh, man. It was terrifying. Uh, like I, I said no to it for like a month until mm. finally I was just like I'm so bothered by it. I felt like the Lord was pushing me in that direction. And I just couldn't do anything about it. And I finally just threw up my hands and said, fine, let's do it. Yeah. Um, but getting up on that stage, they hand me the microphone. I, the music starts playing, you know, I'm like, I don't even know if I can do this. I don't know if I ever really could, you right. know, um, at that point, cause it's been so long. And I start singing, and it's just like this riding the riding a bike feeling, right, you know, of, of just like, gosh, I've done this hundreds of times. What am I so worried about, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of set off the wheels in motion, going, all right, what do we, what, what would it look like to actually like do this professionally and at least give it a shot? You know? Yeah. Um, so that was early 2010. Okay. And uh, it wasn't until later that I actually made the choice and actually, you know, left. Colorado and training ground and went to go pursue it. Right. Nice. And so yeah. <clears throat> straight from training ground, is that when you moved to Atlanta? Uh, actually, there was a pit stop in between. My um, One of the training ground alumni from uh, 2007 moved out to Colorado. Mm. He was super interested in the film industry, and so was I. And we just started talking and dreaming and trying to figure out where do you begin, you know. In the meantime, I'm doing – I'm reading books. I'm learning about the industry as much as I can. And he gets on the set crew of the DreamWorks movie, The Help, in Mississippi. And I'm stuck out in Colorado. He's living the dream working on this, you know, Emma Stone, Jessica Chastain movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Viola Davis and mm-hmm. Octavia Spencer. And I'm going, what am I doing here? You know, I got to go. And so I just finally just called him up and I said, get me a job on that movie. And he said, what would you want to do? I said, I don't care. I'll <laughs> I'll push a broom. I'll do a spreadsheet. Right, just get I'll, me out uh, there. You know, yeah. yeah, just get me get me on board. And so he asked his boss, and his boss said he could hire me for a little bit. And I just pulled the trigger and just went for it. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, so I went to Mississippi before Atlanta. And then, uh, like, 
I guess like why uh, why the acting side? If if you I, like, I get that you've been doing it like your whole life. Did you ever sure. think about being on the other side of the camera? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I definitely in the beginning thought that it was just going to be enough for me to just be a part of it. Yeah. Right. Just a part of the world. You know what I mean? Um, and having worked on the help, I was like, this is so close. Like, I feel like 75% of who I am is utilized in this mm. environment. Right. Um, but what would it look like to go for the full 100, you know? Mm. And, uh, I just, I knew that I wouldn't be satisfied to me making it that far and not going all the way mm-hmm. would have been just as bad as to never try. Oh, oh I'd well. imagine. I'd imagine. You know? Yeah. That was so, a good word. I mean, you mm. talked about how you kind of, you went to school to be um, an investment analyst and I'm assuming, you know, that was kind of like your parents pushing you like, you know, uh, like parents do, you know, they want you to be successful. They want the best for right. you. Right. But I'm assuming at some point you had to have that conversation uh, with your totally. parents and go, you know, Hey, I'm going to pursue this dream. What, what was that like? Yeah. Because I think I myself being 22 years old, like it's a conversation that I feel like I want to know how to have, yeah. you know? Right. Um, so walk us through that for a minute. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the big, the big shocker for my parents was when I quit the investment job and went to go work for a ministry. Mm-hmm. Cause that was guaranteed paycheck health benefits, all that sort of thing, all those things that like the world tells you, like, this is how you have a comfortable life, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and I'm going to go raise my own salary, you know, and figure out insurance on my own and all that and go live out in Colorado fly fishing. That was the first big shocker. They were kind of like, I don't, I don't get it. You know, like you already, you had the job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Business major son is turning into a hippie. What is going on? Right. And so that was like kind of the big shocker. And then by the time that I, um, you know, a couple of years later decided, you know what, I'm going to go try to be an actor. Mm. Um, my mom was like, well, you've been talking about it since you were nine years old. Might as well go for it. Right. And my dad kind of, you know, had his like, I mean, how much worse could it get? Yeah. Have fun. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, so I'm, I'm, like, I'm sure that was like, honestly, a better outcome than you could have hoped for. Yeah, like, Totally. I don't know for, for for the listener who is maybe scared of having that conversation is in a position where they need to have that conversation. Like, mm-hmm. like how did you feel like before the conversation, and then how did you feel after you just got it out there and just said it? Uh, yeah, I was I was always terrified to tell my parents something that I knew that they weren't going to necessarily love. You right. know what I mean? Like it was that is my parents had very much pushed me in this one direction of, um, you know, stability, financial security and things that they wish that they had had more of, you mm. know, um, they felt like I was given a lot more growing up than, than they necessarily were. Right. And so I should be able to do more with that, so to speak. So we so worked like, so hard to give you this now, now there's kind of a return investment. Mm. Sure. Right. Sure. And you know, at the time too, when I was out at, um, training ground, that's when I, for the very first time I realized that my dad was still paying my, uh, let's say it was cell phone bill, I think. Right. He was still paying my cell phone bill. And even if that was only 10% of the bills that I had to pay in order to sustain life on this planet, he still had 10% say in what I did with my mm. life. Wow. If that makes sense. Yeah, you know, really it does. was like, because if he's paying all your bills, you can't just say, I'm going to go do this thing. He said, with what money? You know? That's really good. I think, like, but even right now, like, people, 
guys, girls, like in our, our age range, that 20 something age range where you were like, you know, we expect, Oh, we want this freedom. We want this, this and that, or this is what we yeah. want to do. But yet we're not willing to put in the work, put in the work. And, and it's like, Oh mom, dad, like I want to do this, but yeah. it's kind of hard to have that conversation. Like you said, until you were in control of your situation. Yeah, I mean they've got they've got a say in the matter, you know, mm-hmm. just like they did when you were in middle school and high school at that point. Um, they've got a right to weigh in because they're still investing into your in some way, yeah, life business, you yeah. know. Um, so kind of taking that back and saying, I'm taking it from here. I'm going to pay you, you know, for the cell phone bill or whatever it was at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of was like, all right no offense, you've done a great job raising me and everything, but I'm taking it from here. I'm right. going to make my own decisions. Yeah. Not that that's easy. It's not a, I mean, it was, it was tough for sure, but it was necessary in order to move forward. Now I will say some parents would be like, Hey, we'll support you. You go on, live your dream and do that. That'd be awesome. Right. That wasn't the case for me. Right. That's awesome. I think mm-hmm. did it just really sounds like, you know, obviously you had a, probably a pretty bright future um, in store for you with like that kind of career path with investment analysts. I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty secure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it was, it just really sounds like it, it was a big risk um, for you to kind of pursue your dream. And yeah. I think that is something that's lacking right now. in like our current culture, like people are kind of afraid to take the risk. They Absolutely. don't, you know, they, they, they're afraid of that, but we want to talk kind of about what it was like to take that risk and like, just how that how that played out. Yeah, and if I could add on to that question, what like sure. what was the I guess condition of your soul while you were doing like while you were in like corporate America versus the condition of your soul like now? Like is there like more joy? Like do you have energy? Do you have life? Like what's <laughs> what's the difference? Well, I'm gonna give you probably a not popular answer. Um, I mean, the truth of the matter is I, it's hard being an actor really, really hard. Um, it's the hardest thing. And, and as far as, um, you know, I've, I've struggled in some form of fashion with depression since I was about 16 years old Mm -hmm. and coming into this job that is oftentimes dependent on, uh, I mean, this is a business and you're the product and sometimes they don't want what you're selling. You know, right. And you get a lot of rejection and sometimes you have like a great opportunity and then the next one doesn't come along right away and you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs, you know? Hmm. So there are definitely times that I look back and I go, oh, why, oh, why didn't I take the blue pill? You know, <laughs> like yeah. why didn't I just stick with the tried and true? Um, now I will say I've been working on a show recently that has brought me so much life that I can't even explain it i mean i'll say i i love acting i don't necessarily like being an actor Mm -hmm. because when somebody actually brings you into a project and you get a chance to actually you know just sink your teeth into it and work the character and Mm -hmm. all that sort of thing i love that part but that especially as a film and tv actor is so few and far between really that you get that opportunity (laughs) i mean the year for a film and tv actor would be to get two or three film and TV bookings. Hmm. And sometimes those roles are reduced to one day of shooting. Right. You know, we're not leads in movies here. We're, we're the, you know, the cab driver, the valet, the, Mm -hmm. the caterer, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, I mean, if you're getting two or three a year and 
that's only two or three days. What are you doing for the other, you know, right. 362 days out of the year, yeah. you know? So definitely a big um, risk to pursue that kind of career. Totally, totally. But when I, I mean, I've been working on this show, The Resident, and I've been, I've done a number of episodes and I absolutely love it. Like they, they, I'll have like a 10 hour day and they'll be like, okay, you're done for the day. And I'll be like, ah, do I have to go? You're like, right. I want to keep going. <laughs> you know, I want like, to keep going. <laughs> right. Can I, can I just stay and hang out? I love being here. That's, so, well, it sounds like taking the it. risk for you was like definitely paid off. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, you couldn't have known at the time where it was going to take you. So, like, bring oh, us to that place. Out. Like, what was the thought process about deciding to take this risk? Like, was it scary? Like, take us there. Totally. Yeah. I mean, dude, in the beginning, I kind of felt like, I mean, I've got nothing to lose, right? I've tried the two things that I'm supposed to do, and now Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go for gold. But here's the reality. I thought to myself, this ain't going to happen. Everybody's been telling me my whole life, it's what a hard business and how hard it is to break in and how how hard it is to make it and make a career. And it's just not going to happen. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a shot for a year or two. I'm going to realize this isn't for me or it's not working out. And then I'll just go on about my, my life, not having to wonder what would have happened. Right. Mm. Um, at some point in the process, I actually like booked a commercial, like a big one. And it was like, Oh shoot. <laughs> like this could actually happen. Mm. And I would say I was probably, I was terrified of failing, but once I actually had a little bit of success, I was maybe even more terrified of succeeding. Oh, wow. Like, like what Whoa. would that look, you know, what does yeah. that look like of, uh, to actually get, like actually get the dreams that you've had, you know, exactly. like actually do it. Um, Whoa. so want to be famous. No, not really. You know, <laughs> like it's, um, yeah, it was difficult, uh, in, in both ways. Yeah. What was the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, what was the dialogue um, between you and God like throughout that process where where you're just kind of like entertaining the curiosity of what what it would be like to be an actor to mm-hmm. oh my mm-hmm. gosh I'm actually in this like what was the conversation with God like throughout that? oh my gosh I mean well first of all you know when you're a Christian and an actor everybody's going oh man. You should do some stuff with Kirk Cameron, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm going like, but here's the thing. I want to do like, like major motion pictures. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want to just, because I'm a Christian, I do Christian films. Um, I want to do big stuff. I want to do good stuff. I want to work with the Chris Pratt's of the world and Denzel Washington, you know? Oh, Denzel. Um, Me too. Yeah. (laughs) I I love Denzel. Um, so that was kind of like, is it, you know, and that's what I'm, praying i'm like lord is this like can i do this you know what I mean? mm-hmm. like am i allowed to do this can yeah. christian industry even i don't know um so that was a lot of the question of like the lord gently nudging me you know and i had um i had this early on i had this situation where i heard about a very famous actor who had attempted suicide mm-hmm. and i remember thinking to myself man somebody needs to be doing something about that lord and then a week and a half later, I heard a sermon, and the guy says, if your heart burns for a group of people, mm-hmm. you look at a group of people and you think to yourself, somebody needs to be doing something about that, that person is probably you. Boom. And yeah. I'm like, oof. Oh, dang. Yeah. Do I really? You know? So it, <laughs> yeah. seems like, it seems like like in a lot of ways, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> like 
even though, you know, you were taking this risk and it felt like, yeah. you know, you were going into the unknown. God is sovereign and, and it seems like he had a plan for you. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't just that you were going in blind. He was kind of guiding you. Right. Oh yeah. It definitely is not at all how my plan for the matter would have looked. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I came into this business first job working on the help. I mean, I, doors were just like flung wide open. I was only hired for a week. I ended up working on the movie for six weeks and I ended up living with uh, one of the producers and the author of the book in like a mansion by the end of the movie. And I'm just like, you know, like the golden gates of life just opened up for me, you know, of just just like, this is going to be easy. This industry is, you know, what do you mean it's hard? You know? And it wasn't that way after that. It Mm -hmm. was very hard for the last... You know, that was 2010. It's been uh, eight years, and it's been a long, long road. There were there were moments when uh, I just felt so financially insecure that I was going, Lord, if you're trying to teach me how to trust you more, you're doing it wrong. You're, you know, you're like, going wrong, God, <laughs> because I need you to come through right here, not yeah. leave me high and dry. You know. Yeah. Um, his path looked so much different than my path, but I'll tell you, like now that I'm experiencing any like measure of success um, while doing the resident, it's been so humbling and so like I'm just oh. genuinely happy to be there, yeah. you know, that's because really, I know how hard it is. That's really good, and it, it, it kind of like like something I've been wondering, and like I, I want to know is like how how is following your dream like of acting? How is how has that impacted your faith? Like, like what's the impact it had to like on your soul on your faith to finally just go ahead and like do it. And then kind of the growth now, like from the, from the beginning to where you are right now. Yeah. Um, I would say I was, I was bright eyed and bushy tailed going into the process. Mm-hmm. I had every bit of trust that the Lord, you know, wanted good things for me and that I was going to like succeed in this business. And as time has gone on, I've gone through some really, really hard years with the Lord. Um, you know, there were points, I would say 2016 was was kind of the low point of if I could have walked away from like a relationship with Jesus, I probably would have. Right. I mean, there were times when I was just like, dude, what the heck? You know, yeah. <laughs> like I'm out here giving it all I got and nothing's happening and I don't understand why. And you brought me here. That's you real. told me to do this. That's so you know? real. I think me and Luke even have felt that same thing just creating this podcast. Yeah. Like we were so excited sure. with the first idea. And then as we've gone and realized how much work it was and how hard it is sometimes it's like, why, why are we even doing this? And yeah, right. And that's, that's really good to hear that, you know, we're not alone in that. Yeah. And you know what there, even when you don't feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel, he is with you every step of the way, even if it doesn't look like how you want it to. Yeah. I mean, I had to have some really honest, conversations with God. I, you know, the gospel is all about come as you are, not come as you ought to be. So what Mm -hmm. point do we forget that and start presenting like, this is how I should be feeling. You know, so good. 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 It it really, so what, what, so what you're saying is even following your dream, sometimes there's going to be difficult parts and it's going to be bumping the road and that's okay. Totally. I think that's one of the biggest fears is like, Oh, what if, what if, what if, what if it's hard or, or what if, what if, what, I don't know, what if, whatever. And that's why people yeah. don't pursue it. But what you're saying is, no, that, that's going to happen and it's all right. 
You just it's keep a, going. not only is it all right, it's um, I would say necessary. Yeah, it has made me. I mean, dude, just has made me just. I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful because I know how bad it can be. You know, mm-hmm. and I show up on set and I'm grateful. And when they call me in and say, "Hey, you got to be in here and makeup at you know 5:45 in the morning," they're going, "We're so sorry." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? I get here at 4:45 if you need me to." That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I love it. That's awesome. That's so, so good. Yeah, I think it forms you. I think it. You know, and you hear that a lot. Like you'll read books about it from wise old sage men. You know, yeah. you'll read about like how like oh, man, this is necessary good and it's good for your growth and all that but you don't want that in the moment you want the easy dude just give it to me mm-hmm. i get the idea can right. we just bypass this can you just download the information like i'm in the matrix or something yeah you know? but, like, but 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 there's no reward then there's no reward. right i, I feel right. like <clears throat> i feel like the bigger the struggle you know the bigger the reward mm. yeah and, and I, it took me a while in my life to realize that like you know for a long time yeah i was the same way like oh i just want it now 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 but i don't think i've realized it yet i i think i'm still trying to as (laughs) well i listen to a lot of podcasts so there's like a lot of other people's (laughs) words but i'm like no i want it i just want it of course yeah yeah no but dude like dude i still want it now even eight years later even knowing what i went through i'm like okay great that was awesome but can we be done with it you know (laughs) so good to hear yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even for the listener, like you're not alone. Like if you're, if you find yourself in that place where, you know, you kind of have this or you have a dream, like just know that other people are struggling with you and, and just go for it, I think. Mm-hmm. But right. I think you'd probably yeah. have better input on that. Yeah, bro. So like, what would uh, your advice be to just some, some millennials trying to live out a dream? I don't know how to, how to get it going. Yeah. We're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it looks different for Nick. Did you want to say something? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I think it looks different for for everybody, um, for, for each different type of dream. There's a different path. Um, but I realized, you know, when I worked in, when I was working in the film industry as a crew member, I was watching all these actors come in and do these, you know, these scenes and everything. And I'm going, how do I do that? How do I get there? Right. Mm-hmm. And I was on, even within the film industry, I was on a different ladder, so to speak, than the acting path. Right. So you got to find out what the bottom rung of that ladder truly is. Oh. And then just start there. Mm. Because I was I was on the bottom rung of the assistant director ladder yeah. in the beginning. You know, the acting ladder looks much different. So I'm on the wrong ladder. Um, I would say going into pursuing a dream, like if you've got the option, if you've got like a good job, save up money (laughs) like do what you can you know eat ramen noodles and just save up a lot of money before you go for it if you don't have that option i mean god's timing is god's timing but i totally would have done that if i would have known um do your research try to figure out like like i said find out where the bottom rung of that ladder is Mm -hmm. um just find out what it looks like to actually do that job because yeah i mean you're never going to get a sense for it till you really go for it but you can get an idea Mm mm-hmm of what life might look like. Um, I would say make, make strategic choices and decisions. Um, a lot of people said when I worked on the help, a lot of people were saying, dude, you need to go to Atlanta. And I'm like, to be an actor, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I thought it's LA or New York, you know, exactly. um, came to find out that there's a huge budding, booming industry in both those places. At this point, it's mostly just Atlanta. 
Um, but that's how I settled on Atlanta was it's a smaller pond. It's an untapped resource. There aren't as many people there. I've got a better shot at getting some opportunities, being a bigger fish in a smaller pond. So kind of put yourself like in a position to succeed basically. Like, yeah, don't like even while, even though you're going on a whim and it's a dream, Mm -hmm. be calculated about it. Like be smart. Don't play on a field. You're going to lose. on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I would say that one of the big things is just show up. Mm. Just, I mean, driving across the country and shaking some hands on the set of the help opened up so many doors, so many more doors than when I was in Colorado, just emailing people saying, Hey, can I work for you guys? That's so good. Especially with now it's like, Oh, just send a text message. No, like go pursue your dream. Really? You know, go after it. Yeah. I think, I think 85% of life is just showing up. That's so good. I like that. And that's, I'm making that statistic up, though, you know. Oh. <laughs> and, dude, we had a really good time talking today, and I I don't know. I feel like, personally, like, I see myself kind of... Becoming an actor. Not, be, no. oh. not <laughs> an actor. I kind of see myself... Don't do it, man. <laughs> you know, I, I see those struggles in myself, you know, like, yeah. what, are, what do you really want to do? And, like, are you going to pursue your dream? And, mm-hmm. I mean, it, part of going after this podcast is that. And so, I think... Hopefully, you know, I just got as much out of that conversation as an audience will. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, I feel great, like man. there's a there's a common theme between your story and our stories. <clears throat> I'm dying right now. I'm dying. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with your story and our stories with making this podcast of like, what if it works? Yeah. What if it works out? Yeah. Holy crap. You yeah. Know? Can you imagine? Well, yeah. Stephen. um <laughs> like, you know, I, we, I, I know that you're doing The Resident right now. Um, yep. Talk to the audience just really quick. Like, you know, if the audience wants to check you out or, or see some of your stuff or you know, your website or, or yeah, what, what, what's up with that? Where can we find you? Sure. Yeah, well, I am on The Resident. Um, it's a medical drama on Fox. Okay. I'm in uh, eight episodes, I think. Wait, um, what was that number again? I'm sorry. It, the phone set, cut out. Seven or eight episodes. Nice. Um, I think four in season one and then so far three in season two, maybe four. Um, anyway, it's been a freaking blast (laughs) and an absolute dream. I've loved it. Um, I've got kind of a big role on there. I start out as a doctor. Um, and I won't tell you where I go from there. No, go watch the spoilers. Guys, Um, honestly, (laughs) I got excited. Seriously recommend you guys go check out Steven on the resident. Um, it's been really great having you on today, Stephen. And yeah, and thanks so just much. Thanks guys. a lot. Yeah. yeah well, man. we appreciate you and, and look forward you to seeing you. Absolutely, us. guys. Good luck with it. You can't bring us down. Well, guys, there you have it. Um, that was our interview with Stephen Reddington. Don't forget to follow us on at TG Garage Talks on Instagram. Yeah, we um, we have some – our content guys are cranking out some sweet pictures. Yeah. With sweet captions. <laughs> awesome hashtags. Yeah, it's – um. It, it, it's in the making, but you can find all the information on what episodes are coming out. Mm-hmm. You can find a link to our website. Um, you can find all that on there. Um, also, you know, if you are – listening to this for the first time um, and you want to know more about training ground or more about who we are, or what we're doing, um, feel free to go to www.trainingground.com. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can find all kinds of information about um, donating. You can find information about participating. You can find mm-hmm. information about what Training Ground is and the program and applying yep. and all that stuff. So feel free to go there. Um, but yeah, uh, super, super thankful for you guys tuning in. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, feel free to go leave a review and, and, and give us a rating. Um, but yeah, this was a TG Garage Talks podcast. Yeah. Um, your host, Nick. And I'm Luke. And I'm actually going to leave you guys with something. Um, if you feel like you have a dream, something that you are kind of being pulled to, something you see and you're just very interested in, bring it to God in prayer, mm-hmm. whatever it is, yeah. and explain what you're feeling to him. He, you guys, he's so relational. Talking to God is going to do amazing things. You might find peace in it. Well, actually, no, you, you will. will find, find yeah, you, you will, will find, find peace, peace in it. And if it's for not sure. what God wants for you, it's going to be so much better talking through this with him so he can guide you in, in his love and, and in the way that he guides. Yeah. That's awesome. So there yeah. you go. That was my Nuggets. two cents. That was good. That's good. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's all true. And, and I agree hundred percent. Um, but yeah, tune in next week. Uh, um, but yeah, this was a Trending Ground Garage Talks podcast, uh, like we said. And I'm Nick, and we got Luke. Mm-hmm. That's true. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening.